Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Jen Schiffel. And that's Steve Jones. And today on the podcast we have quite possibly the biggest band to ever grace the Concert Pipeline stage in the podcast uh, life of Concert Pipeline. I would say that is correct. We had correct. we had some big ones back in the day uh, for, uh, when Concert Pipeline was a TV show. Uh, some names that are pretty very recognizable and uh, but uh, but this is definitely I think in the in the two plus years that Concert Pipeline podcast has been around a big name and I haven't big, mentioned big, it yet. Big big name yeah and uh, I'm uh, you're leaving me in suspense here Steve are you going to mention it or should we I, just uh, I think we'll go the whole know. podcast and at the very end just say the the name <laughs> just say the name or just have people guess like what is the band A B or C exactly or we could just start humming songs you know and uh see if anybody can you know, art, you know understand what it is we're trying to articulate ooh ooh okay hum hum a, a song from today's guest hum a song from today's guest okay <laughs> um <clears throat> i'm probably going to start you know humming brian adams cuz i was just at that concert um, and you have to tell me, you have to tell me about it also you have to tell me about brian, <laughs> brian adams but brian adams is not on the show today no he's not at all he's not at all on the show on the show on the show no um yeah, so this is a very exciting band. Um, was huge. Let's just drop some hints. How about that? Was huge back in when the eighties? Yeah, they've been uh, they've been around for forever, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. And um, I think I, I think they tour. You know, I think they've been touring off and on quite not yeah. too irregular. Yeah, they they got together in nineteen seventy six. So they've they have absolutely been around for a, a long time, uh, longer than I've been around. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say 76? 76. Are you serious? Oh my god, I didn't realize they were they started back then. Yeah, and they got their shit together, I'll tell you. When we get to talking about the performance, you know, it was uh quite impressive. So Sweet, 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 sweet. I do like that we've gone uh, you know, over 2 minutes and still have not uh mentioned the name of the band. Mentioned the name. Yeah, I'm trying to make it I'm trying to push 3 minutes. Yeah. We um we should start with some humming. Do you want to uh begin a hum? I'm gonna I'm gonna be gonna hum, is that what? Okay. Yeah, start start a hum. Okay, that one. I I don't know if I can do the hum for the one I was just thinking. Uh, let me let me give it a th- let me give it a second here. Okay, here I'm gonna hum a song from today's guest. Oh my god, I know it. I totally know that. Here's another one. Wait, this do is that one more time. This is so know. bad. <laughs> even, though, even though I know what band we're talking about, I don't recognize any. Uh, this okay. One? Okay. Think piano. Do 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 <laughs> okay. Do 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 do. 
Yes, I think I did not envision the podcast starting this way, but <laughs> it did. It did, and there's no going back on concert pipeline. There's no rewind and erase. Yeah, no, don't and don't hit that 15 forward button either, because you're gonna miss the name of the band uh, if you do it. That's so. right. Do yes. not do that. Okay, so should we drop some other hints? Or we should just out with it. Or, and, and honestly, uh, chances are you've already know who is on the podcast if you've downloaded this episode of Concert Pipeline because it's accurately labeled. But <laughs> oh, maybe we shouldn't label it. But it's always funny uh, when uh, a band that shall not be named. How about that? Exactly. That title. Right. Yeah, that's a way to sell our biggest guest on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Mystery band. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's talk about Foreigner. Yay! Awesome. Yes. yes. So, um, as some of you might know from pre- previous podcasts. Um, uh, I sort of attended the podcast. I wasn't there like uh, Steve was, but I live just a few blocks from uh, the fairgrounds where they played here in Marin uh, County. So I was able to listen to them from my um, from my porch out in the back. So you could hear them. So what was your uh, favorite Foreigner song that they played live? Yet? In fact, Steve, I don't think I told you this. I could actually hear you uh, screaming and cheering and singing along with everyone. No, you left that one out. You left yeah, I didn't yeah. tell you that. My, I was tell you that. Yeah, my, my singing is very noticeable, as you can tell from my humming. It's, it definitely is. stands yeah, out. Yeah, you, were, you were humming very loudly. It was, it was like, yep, that's Steve. Nobody else hums like that. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so um, so really lucky to have Foreigner on the program. And um, and I'll, we'll get into uh, their performance and the song and, um, and play a couple of Foreigner songs from their set, of course, uh, as well here in a, a, a little bit. But first, e- even more pressing, everyone's were waiting for the end to your three-part series of stories from your trip um, to the other side of the world. So yes. we, we had yes. Greece first, mm. where toilet seats were just always missing. Yes. We had Croatia where the Game of Thrones was filmed in a parking lot. And yes, yes, where a major character died in a parking lot that could have been filmed anywhere, but it just happened to be this majestic parking lot on this cliff in, in Dubrovnik. Yes, and, and for our third story, where, where were you for our third story, Ian? So for part three of this trilogy, um, it uh, takes place during a layover, um, on the way back home to San Francisco. And the layover was in Paris. So uh, we flew Air France, um, and instead of just, you know, hopping off a plane and hopping onto another one um, and going home, we decided, well, let's just, you know, stay in Paris for a couple nights. So we did, and um, like total morons, we didn't realize that the Euro cup was taking place while we were in paris so it was a zoo it was a zoo so my wife had this you know wonderful idea and a lot of people do this and i love it when they do this they you know they take old photographs of 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 when somebody took a picture of them and they'll go back to that spot you know years and years and years and years later and have another photograph done and then you know put them together and it's like yeah look at that you know 20 years went by and yeah that's what it was like then and that's what it's like now so the problem with that photograph is that um and this is like the, the really cool story. It's just sort of a side tangent. Um, <laughs> the this, really cool thing about the... Uh, the photograph the is of you and your wife, right? 
No, it's just oh. my wife way before I ever oh. met her. Okay, because I was like, you yeah. guys haven't been around together for no, 20 years. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, we met later in life. Uh, this was a photograph. I don't even know how old she was. Um, I mean, she wasn't a kid, but it was shortly after, I think, she came to this country. Um, and uh, so uh, it's her. It's her. It's, let's see. Wait a minute. Let me think. It's of her with the Eiffel Tower in the background um, along the park area right next to the Eiffel Tower that has that those tree-lined – it's like this really wide tree-lined grass strip. And um, so the idea was really simple. We're just going to go back to that same spot. I'm probably not going to be able to see, find the same tree, but you know, in that general area, I take a picture of her with the tree-lined kind of park area and the – majestic Eiffel Tower behind it. Okay, big problem with that. And that was uh, Euro 2016. So that entire park area was completely blocked and zoned off for Eurozone. Wow. Did she tell them that she had to recreate a picture? You know, I tried to get her in there. I said, you know what? Even though it's all blocked off and it's a total zoo and there are thousands and thousands and thousands of football fans there watching this huge you know, televisions, televising live games. Let's just go in there anyway, and maybe we can find a tree or something. We'll take that picture. It won't look anything like the original. Let's do it, you know? But she was like, no, no, we're not going to do it. Yeah. Whatever, sucks. And, you know, she was kind of upset about it. But <laughs> how, how did she sound again? And she was like, ah, no, I don't know, sucks. She got over it pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and you guys but, took a nice picture in front of the Eiffel Tower, so it made it. We did, yeah. We took a bunch of kind of you know, fun and silly photos um, without trying to get, you know, the Arizona and all the soccer fans and all the drunk people everywhere uh, in the <laughs> in the picture. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was kind of Paris. That was a bit of a surprise. Um, I'm a soccer fan, but only, you know, when major tournaments happen. So if it's Eurozone, if it's the Euro uh, Cup or, you know, the, the, the World Cup or whatever, um, then I'm super interested. Otherwise, I don't really watch soccer much. Yeah. So for me, it was really cool. But you didn't get, you didn't go to see the, the game or anything. No, it's it's almost impossible to get tickets yeah. unless you want to spend a ton of money and buy, you know, scalp tickets or something. Yeah. Um, forget it. So yeah, the big the big thing to do is just go to the Eurozone where it's free, um, and just watch it on the big screens. So it's essentially like just tons of people that are crazy drunk, mostly guys. I think they were probably. Uh, I don't know, 10,000 guys and like five chicks. Um, <laughs> Good odds. And yeah, and these, I mean, these guys are so into it. I mean, they are diehard fans. Like the Austrians, there was a, a, a time there where Austria was playing, and they were groups of Austrian fans. Um, you know, groups of 10 or 15 uh, in all different sections of the city, you know, walking around, singing, drinking, you know, in Europe, you can walk around with your beer and in the street. So, uh, but they were all wearing the exact same thing. They were wearing um, the, like the Jersey uniform, red mm -hmm. and white for Austria and like um, beige uh, suede lederhosen. Like they all looked like clones of each other. Oh, yeah? It was crazy. Yeah. It was almost like, okay, they were giving handing these things out free at the airport, you know, when you left yeah. Austria or something. It was it was I don't know if there's some Amazon buy it now link for this stuff or yeah. what. Well you buy twenty and you get one free or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> to renew your citizenship or something, right. you get one of these. Oh my god, it was hilarious. 
So um, anyway, let's let me get to my my story. This is the, the highlight of of, um, of Paris here, and I want to uh, go back to my toilet theme that I began in um, in Greece. And this is really important, Steve, because it talks directly about cultural differences. And this is something that you know I've never seen in the news, I've never seen discussed or debated, and I believe it it, it deserves a voice. And I think I would like to use this podcast, if I may. You know, to give to give it that platform. The, so the floor is yours, sir. The floor is mine. Okay, so there's some amazing cultural differences between you know the the cultures here in the U.S. and you know the cultures in Europe, and um, you know I think um, things that you do in public uh, differ widely, um, you know, between cultures. Um, you know, for example, the beer drinking thing. Um, it sucks you can't do that here, but um, you know, in Europe you can walk around and have your open container or your big, you know, five liter stein or whatever you, whatever you want to drink and just walk around. Um, so with all that beer that you're drinking, you've got to pee, right? Yeah. Got to use a restroom. Yeah. So I'm, so I think Paris is like, you know what, instead of all the guys pissing on the side of buildings and, you know, peeing in bushes and stuff everywhere, why don't we give them little places, designated places to pee, you know? And, there's nothing revolutionary about that. You know, here in America, we have that. We have things called porta potties, yeah. right? Honey buckets. You open the door, you go in, you close the door, you pee, you, you're done. Okay, it's it's easier to do this in France. You know, they're like, I'm just kind of making it up here as I go, but I'm thinking, you know what? We don't need this porta potty thing. I think America has this great idea where you have this, you know, box you can pee in, but it's so enclosed yeah. and, you know, it's so constraining. Why don't we have places you can pee? They don't have any doors or walls and look like water fountains where everybody pees in a circle facing each other. And this is just for men, I imagine. Um, I didn't witness <laughs> any women doing this. I mean, again, I, there weren't very many women yeah. there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't hang around long enough to actually witness women do this. But let me clarify what I'm talking about. I'm talking yes. about in the middle of the street, there are public urinals yeah. that look like drinking fountains, five of them to be exact, all in a circle facing each other. So, Steve, if it's you, me, and like three of our buddies, and we're drinking our steins, it's like, oh, we got to pee. You know, we'll go to one of these urinals, and we're all facing each other in a circle and like peeing for everybody to see. It was... This is a huge cultural difference. Yes. There's an audience. Yes. Uh, so what is your what is your stance on these uh... – uh, these star-shaped urinals. Well, you know, at first I thought they were drinking fountains, and I thought this yes. is the weirdest drinking. Who would? Did, so strange. Did you or did I, you not drink from? <laughs> I did not drink. No, that I'm really glad we're clarifying that right yes. now, Steve. I did not drink from the drinking fountain-shaped urinals. No, uh, and there was something that cued me off too. To, to you know, made me think something fishy is going on here with my theory that these were. Um, drinking fountains and that was the stench you know i mean oh my god that might as well just have been people pissing on the streets yeah you know in sacramento and it's 110 degrees out <laughs> yeah oh they smell and so that you have these urinals but do you have any like toilet facilities uh, as frequent as as these because sometimes you don't have to pee yeah i did see a couple of like honey bucket type things like more traditional uh you know, for an American audience, uh, they were um, they were within the gated area of the Euros, Eurozone, and the uh, the pissing faucets fountains <laughs> mm-hmm. were outside of that. So just you know, on street corners, just sort of randomly around all the places where the fans go. Yeah. 
So, anyway, you know, I think I think um, in a nutshell, it it's, uh, speaks a lot to what people are comfortable with. You know, I mean, maybe yeah. people in the in the maybe guys in the U.S. would just not be that comfortable, you know, whipping it out and peeing in the street with a bunch of other guys, you know, like holding hands. Um, I, <laughs> but hey, in Europe, that's cool. I think we have something here, and I think that you know we have we're gonna need a segment coming up where you go to different countries and just uh, observe their toilets and their their toileting habits. Yes, exactly. Uh, I would think it'd be a bestseller, even on the New York Times list. Yes, you'll uh, be yeah. You'll I, mean, I don't them. even think I would. I should do a blog about it. I'll just go right to publishing. I don't even have to self-publish. I'll just you know call a penguin or something and say I got this awesome. I got photographs and everything. I got live video. I've interviewed people. You'll test them out. You'll periscope the uh, yes, events. Yes, exactly. While people are pissing, I'll be asking them, "How comfortable are you pissing in front of 500 people that are walking up and down the street?" Yes. See, I, just killer questions like this. Yeah, I think we got something here. We got something. We do. Yes, you're, you're getting me excited about my next trip. We're heading. Uh, time for you to head out and uh, observe some more. <laughs> toilets. Nothing special about the toilets in Croatia, though, huh? What's that? Nothing special about the toilets in Croatia. No, they were just great and normal and nothing mm -hmm. to really discuss, you know, oh. very anticlimactic, I guess. Yeah, well, we, you brought it home on the third uh, the third story, so thanks. Yeah, it came full circle. Yeah, thanks for the toilet story, Jens. Yeah. 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 I they don't do have a can. segue uh, other than... Uh, I, I just don't have a segue to move to the next. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get a segue after that, right? Yes, exactly. Like, uh, transition out of this. Yeah, but uh, we're we're going to talk about foreigner a little bit. Yeah, um, foreigner. Yes. So, uh, so, Steve, I'm sorry. You had asked me a question earlier about what some of my favorite foreigner songs are, or what maybe this favorite song was that I had heard them play. Yes. And what is so your? Let me response? get back to that. I mean, there are a couple of songs. Um, I went through their whole list. Um, um, a little bit ago, and was so you know before the before they actually started playing, and was so surprised at how many songs I recognized right uh, from them. Yeah, and there are definitely a couple that I absolutely love, and I'm sure many others do too. I mean, Cold as Ice, definitely, absolutely. Um, Jukebox Hero is probably my favorite one yep. of their songs. Yep, we'll, um, we'll be hearing both of those on the podcast today. Nice. Oh, without a spoiler, I did not. Uh, you, you let the I cat out of the bag. No. <laughs> Shit, I suck. Okay, did not mean to do that intentionally. Um, Are you going to guess know, the third? Are you going to guess the third song? I'm, I'm going to guess the third song. It's um, from I'm 1978. Really in... 1978. Oh, it is. I was going to do a 1983 oh. song. Uh, 1978. 1978. Yes. Hot blooded. Yep. Yeah. We will be listening to those three songs. Uh, yeah. From their performance. I was, was going to say, I want to know what love is. You know, that was one of their big hits, but I'm not really into that sappy stuff. Oh, you're missing out, man. I know, I am. I know, I am. I'm missing out. Missing out. It was, it was a great show. Uh, they played at the Marin Fair, as you mentioned, and uh, and Foreigners, like like you said, one of those bands that you know like every song that they that they did. I mean, like if even if you don't think you know it, you know it. Uh, it's just they've been around for so long, and so their their set is full of hits and. Uh, and they really get the crowd into it, and uh, and before we wrap the podcast, I want to I'm going to show you this picture uh, that's really a part of uh, the whole the foreigner experience for 
that, uh, that that I had. It was it was just it was almost as great as seeing Foreigner uh, was was this picture. And so we'll, we'll get back to that uh, toward the tail end of uh, uh, the podcast because I need to locate it. But and I'll and I'll tell you the story behind it. But yes, went to Foreigner. Uh, with my girlfriend, we had a great time. We uh, sang to so many of the songs, and uh, and it, it was a real interesting experience. So we we have uh, an interview uh, with Foreigner on the program. Obviously, we're going to let me interrupt you, Steve. Yes. Uh, un- unlike our listeners, was your girlfriend able to recognize what it was that you were singing? <laughs> uh, because they because the band was singing it as well so. oh yeah i guess that would be a major hint yep okay never mind carry on yeah <laughs> e- exactly so we'll, we'll get to the interview with uh jeff pilson from foreigner he's the bassist uh who is also in dokken uh one of the founding members of dokken and um he's been a part of so many other things he uh worked with uh, ronnie james dio in, in dio and uh, and so we talk a little bit about um, those things as well in, uh, in the interview, did a phone interview. And then at the event, it was really just, uh, it was kind of weird. So uh, we went through some stuff. We worked with the tour manager because our, our name wasn't on the list like it was supposed to be, but they, they're totally cool and they got us our tickets. Uh, the, uh, we, uh, we were also set up for a meet and greet with the band, but the meet and greet actually ended up happening 30 minutes before uh, that scheduled time. So we kind of missed it, but... Um, we got a picture with them, with two of the guys from Foreigner, nonetheless, and um, and the tour manager was really forgiving, gave us a signed set list and everything. She was really like sorry about the the confusion that she had set for uh, <laughs> for the meet and greet. So that didn't really happen as expected, but it's fine. It was uh, it was really enjoyable, and um, and we we're happy just to be there. Had a good time at the the fair. Also had corn dogs that were like you know as long as my arms width, right? Like that's crazy. Like, that's crazy long. Was was how much of uh how much dog was in there i mean it was mostly just the right. corn part <laughs> you know there's a decent amount of dog is is nine dollars though so are you, are you really getting nine dollars i mean it's a fair fair price it's right? a fair, so, yeah, yeah fair price yeah so, so uh traditional fair they had rides and did they have fortune tellers and stuff and you know they didn't ha- it, it was kind of smaller i felt on the scale of uh how fairs go uh there i was definitely looking for a deep fried twinkie and could not could not find one so they did not have that but we went on the ferris wheel we uh yeah and walked around the whole thing and, and everything and it was it was a fair it just it didn't feel that huge so um so uh yeah yeah the grounds are pretty small there i would i would say um, i mean i haven't been to very many fairs but um there's a lot of kind of water area there mm-hmm. so um you know there's only so much uh surface you can build stuff on uh, but fireworks, did you guys hang out for the fireworks? We did, yeah, and the fireworks were really uh, awesome too because it was the, it was the 4th of July. We um, I had seen fireworks the night before from my house, which is really cool. Um, and, but these ones, I mean, uh, at the 4th of July at the fair were just incredible. It was just like never ending, like bam, 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 and just, I mean, it, it was really a great show. So it was. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I, um, as you know, I uh, let you park in my driveway. I do know that. Yes. You do know that, yeah, this is because I wasn't there that day, and I was a bit concerned that I would miss the whole thing because, um, and I'll talk about this on a future podcast, I was busy um, hanging out at a naked hot springs. But I got back before you that, got that's, back that's a story for That's a story for next podcast is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, we can do that on the next yes. podcast. Naked hot springs. Jens and his naked hot springs. Okay, and all the naked people. 
I love that you provide this content, by the way. That gives our yes, yes. It won't be about toilets or anything. Um, there will be no discussion about toilets, um, but we'll, there will be discussion about naked people and pools. Yeah, uh, and okay. something to look forward to in the next podcast for sure. Exactly. So for those of you that are looking forward to the next episode, there's a little tidbit of what we'll be discussing. I don't know, Jens. I mean that that story is kind of making me a little hot blooded. A hot blood. Oh, uh, I see what you did there. Yes. Steve. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, um, should we segue right into that? I think that was a segue. Uh, <laughs> that was a segue. All right, let's do it. Here it is: hot blooded by Foreigner, and then the interview with uh, Jeff Pilson. Hey, this is Jeff Wilson of Foreigner, and you're listening to The Concert Pipeline, my favorite.
Hey, Jeff, how's it going? This is Steve Jones from Concert Pipeline. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Hey, doing great, doing great. Uh, thanks for taking the time today. Of course. W uh, what are you up to right now? Are you home with the family? I am. Awesome. Getting getting some relaxation uh, before you go out and tour again? I know you were just overseas. Yeah, yeah. We just got back from Europe a couple days ago, and uh, I leave again next week. So, yeah, just enjoying, enjoying a little time at home. Excellent. How are the shows in Europe? Oh, wow. Fabulous. Fabulous. We had a great show at the London Palladium, which was really great because it's such a historic venue. Uh, we played some great festivals, uh, the Hellfest and Grass Pop Festivals, uh, the Sweden Rock Festival, all great stuff, huge turnouts, really great stuff. Um, and then we did some shows in Tel Aviv, Israel, in this wonderful Roman amphitheater that was amazing. Uh, great show in Paris at the Follies Berger, which is uh, the venue where the can-can was invented. <laughs> oh, nice. Did you, uh... So, yeah. just uh, And then a fabulous show in Sofia, Bulgaria. So, I mean, it was a real, real nice run of shows. Real great. Excellent, excellent. And so, um, what, this the audiences overseas, how do they kind of differ from what you're going to be uh, seeing here in the, in the United States? What's your experience well, there? Well, you know, globalization affects audiences as well. They, they're, they're getting more more the same worldwide uh, because people are sort of exposed to more and more of the same things. Um, I, I will say, I mean, European audiences tend to really listen, which I, I really enjoy. They, they, they're very, very into the musical side of things. Um, but I, I mean... You know, they, they have the same reactions and they get in, into the same things as, as audiences worldwide. So it's it's great. I mean, I get, one thing I do sort of like is how universal foreigner songs do tend to be. And the reactions do, to them do tend to be pretty universal around the world, which is great. Yeah, you, you sell 50 million albums. You know a person or two might know <laughs> who, uh, yeah. the song or two exactly. that you're playing, right? Like. <laughs> Right. So, so let's talk about you a little bit as an individual and as kind of a, a bassist. I mean, you you picked up the bass when you were like thirteen, right? Uh, Twelve. Yep. Okay. And so, what what was it about the bass that uh, that drew you in? What what was it? Kind well, of what, what drew me in is that uh, <laughs> I used to sing this this commercial on the schoolyard. Uh, some friend of mine, and I honestly don't even remember what it was. I just remember it was for Graf's beer, whatever. Or Graf's root beer is all, is all I remember. Um, anyway, and I, I would sing the commercial. So some guys came up to me one day and they said, hey, we're starting a band. Would you be in a band? And I said, sure. And they said, and we need a bass player, so would you buy a bass too? And I said, yeah, sure. And I had a paper out at the time. So I, I mean, I was just kind of like guided into it, like, here, go. Uh, but then I fell in love with it. So... Uh, what drew me to it was that some guys wanted me to be in a band, but then I think once that took hold, I, I really fell in love with the instrument and have ever since. Awesome. And uh, and I'm from Napa, California, so I live in the, the Bay, and I know that when you were younger, you lived in uh, San Francisco when you were like ab about 20. What uh, what was kind of the vibe when you were living uh, in San Francisco? What uh, what, did, well, what were your experiences? I mean, it was, it was, it was very exciting. I mean... Um, I, I loved it there. I, I still love San Francisco. It's still one of my favorite cities in the world, actually. And and I love the whole Bay Area. I spent quite a bit of time in Marin, and my sister is still in Sonoma County. Uh, so I, you know, I go there frequently. And um, uh, I just, I loved it. San Francisco was pretty exciting. That was, you know, the beginning of, you know, when I lived there was, uh, you know, kind of saw the transition to the whole punk new wave kind of thing. Um, and 
it was it was just a real fun time. The city was was very electric at that point. Um, then I left because it, rock music kind of slowed down in the early '80s there. So that's when I moved to Los Angeles and where rock was starting to really you know become a big thing. So, um, but I do love San Francisco and those times were great. I mean, it was times of starvation. I mean, I lived for quite a bit quite a time I lived in a closet uh, in an apartment on Lombard Street and I'm not exaggerating I lived yeah. in someone's closet <laughs> and it was probably expensive too it's, it's living in San Francisco is ridiculous it's well it wasn't as bad then it wasn't um, okay it wasn't as bad yeah but uh, but it was a closet <laughs> it was cozy it was cozy <laughs> yeah uh, so, so talk to me a little bit about uh, back in the days of, of Dokken and when you when you were part of uh, that group. And I, mean, I know everybody's like, when, you know, when's the reunion sort of thing. But, but really, I want to hear more about the, the, your experience with that. Well, it was it was a great experience. I mean, we you know we sold millions of records worldwide. We toured the world and you know had some great experiences working with some amazing people. Um, you know, George Lynch and I are still close friends and. In fact, we're going to start doing some work together next week. So, um, you know, it's it's uh, it was a very very important part of my life and development, and I'm very grateful for it. I mean, I wouldn't have the things I have today had it not been for the docking experience. So, um, I'm very very grateful, and, and you know, we had a lot of great times together. I mean, we were not always the we didn't always get along the best as as bands go, but. Um, but we still made some great music, and, and I learned infinite from being in that band. So it was a great, great experience. Yeah, and you went on to uh, create TNN with um, a bunch of the guys from, from Dawkins, right? Did that, yeah, with George and Mick, yeah. Was that, uh, did that feel natural? Did it, uh, was it kind of... Yeah, I mean, the minute we started playing together, it was very second nature to us. I mean, <clears throat> playing with those guys is... It is. It's second nature to me. I mean, we've done it so much over so many years. So, um, yeah, it's all good. All and, good. And and how do you kind of personally juggle? Because uh, TNN is still around, right? So, well, not really. I mean, TNN really is primarily just George and I. Yeah. Um, so, and that's one of the things where we were asked to do another record coming up. So we're, we're going to get together and just start writing and see what happens. Yeah, so you, you you make time kind of when you have off time with Foreigner and everything, right? Correct, that's correct. And uh, and you're on the road a lot with with Foreigner. Does that present Boy, any kind of okay. challenges? <laughs> you're, you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, well that that's the thing. It's that's the challenge because I do like to do other things. I like to produce other bands. I did a band called Last in Line last year, which was <clears throat> the members of the original Deal band with a different singer, of course, because Ronnie's passed away. Yeah. Um, and that was so much fun. Uh, but I'd love to do more things like that, but it's very difficult because of time and because I am on the road so much. So, um, but yeah, that's that's what I have to do. I've got to sandwich stuff in. Yeah, for sure. And, and you mentioned Dio. I know you you worked pretty closely with Dio back uh, in the day, mm-hmm. and um, and had kind of a, a you know a pretty strong relationship with him. Can you tell me a little bit about oh, yeah. that, and you know your takeaway from that? Well, you know, I mean, he was. He was not only like one of the greatest rock singers ever and uh, a great band leader, but he was a dear friend. And you know, we were we were he was clo- our family was very close with him. Um, my wife and daughter were there, you know, in the hospital the night before he passed away. I mean, I was on the road, unfortunately, but um, you know, it, he was just a amazing human being. He really really was. I mean, 
and he was so real, and his talent was so deep, and and uh, you know working with him was was really a joy. It was. I mean, we just we had so much fun together, um, and the band when I when I was in that band, I mean it was just an amazing band. Not because I was there, but because of everybody and and uh, his. His leadership style was very important because he really made you feel involved and he really wanted to bring out the best in everybody and that was, was really important. Um, you know, there's barely a day goes by where I don't at least think about him because, and you know, I get asked about him a lot, of course, and um, you know, and, and again, and, and there was a lifetime of relationships in there and, and you know, had I not been in Dio, I don't think I would have recorded the guys from Last in Line last year, which was, like I said, just a wonderful experience. Great musical experience, great personal experience, um, and uh, those are things I don't take for granted. I really don't. Yeah, it's it's really you know it's really tough when uh, such a big musical presence like you know isn't isn't there anymore, right? You expect like just this creative energy to continue on, and we've had a couple of those this past year, of course. And we're just, yeah, you're just yeah. like you think they're indestructible, and but we're all human <laughs> at the end of the day, right? And right. have have our very, challenges. Very true. And yeah, it's a it's really tough. So yeah, I mean, uh, I'm really thankful for all that he's been able to do. I mean, he was able to do in his lifetime for sure. Yeah. Um, you mentioned um, your daughter. Uh, your, uh, you have a 12 year old daughter, Olivia, and uh, and I know you, uh, you were in the movie Rockstar. You had a fake steel uh, band, Steel Dragon, which Zach Wild was in also, which is uh, mm-hmm. uh, pretty hilarious. And, and Olivia got to see uh, uh, Rockstar last year. Is that right? For the first time. Oh no, she's seen it a bunch of times. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think last year was the first time she'd seen it oh. at all. But yeah, she's seen. I don't know if she's how many times she's sat and watched the whole thing. But yeah, I know she's. Yeah, she's seen it several times. She's seen your your part. Is she? It, it, does she have any musical kind of interests as well? Are you uh, kind of? It, uh, she's actually for her twelfth birthday. She got a cello. She's been playing cello the last couple of years. So, yeah, she loves it. Oh, that's that's excellent. That's excellent. Um, and so, talking about uh, Foreigner, um, how, do you guys have any uh, plans coming up to uh, record any new albums? I know you're you're most well. We've been doing a lot of recording. Um, you know, we have our 40th anniversary coming next year. Yes. And there is going to be a recording. Uh, there is going to be a new record for that. And so we're trying to. We're not sure exactly what it all is going to be on it yet, so I hate to be specific, but I will say we've been doing a lot of recording and that there's going to be some stuff and there's going to be a killer new product next year. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to it because what we've recorded so far has been amazing. Yeah, and and are you producing any of that your, yourself? I know you produ- produce. Yeah, I've, I produced, uh, well, the first couple songs that we've done uh, that are actually going to get mixed in a couple weeks. Um so yeah, I, I'll do some. Uh, Mick has done some. Uh, I think there's going to be probably some outside people doing some other stuff. It's going to be quite a project. That's why I don't I, I don't want to speak in specifics yeah. because we still have uh, a lot of stuff that we're kind of working on about it. So we'll see. Yeah, stuff gets shopped. Some there are cuts to be made. You know, it's it's not done. I, I get it, but it, but there's new foreigner coming out, which is uh, always uh, a great thing. Right? Yeah, we're so. very excited about that. Yeah. So, uh, how did you get started in producing yourself? Because you mentioned producing um, a band, and you produced Foreigner in '05. I've just always been really interested. I mean, my whole career, when you know, whenever we went in the studio, I was always very, very interested, and um, just really, you know, took took an interest and made made the time to uh, 
to really, you know, look and, and, and investigate and talk with the engineers and the producers that we always worked with. And, and I made a big effort about it, and, and I've just loved it. I love the recording studio. I have a wonderful studio here at our home, so uh, it's, all, it's all great. I just I love it. Yeah, and, and joining Foreigner, I mean, you've been with Foreigner now since 2004, so like uh, we're at 12 years, and um, and it, it all started with kind of just a one benefit show that and kind mm -hmm. of it went, uh, expanded from there, right? Yes, that's right. Well, what happened, yeah, is uh, um, Nick Jones was working with Jason Bonham, and Jason was kind of talking him into trying to get Foreigner revamped, uh, but they did, and they had a charity event, in the summer of 2004, um, and uh, they asked me to be part of that. So we came in and we rehearsed for a few days, and I think Mick just got really excited and decided, you know what, yeah, I'm gonna revamp Foreigner. So it was it was great, it was it, very natural, just fell together very organically. Natural and a no-brainer, it sounds like, for sure, so. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, how, how do you guys prepare for uh, a set at this point? You guys have been around for, like you said, uh, coming up on 40 years. You have so much material, and you, I mean, you have different levels of shows, like even in the Bay Area, you have the Mountain Winery on uh, July 3rd, which I'm sure, I, I imagine, will be kind of a longer set or a different set than uh, when you're playing at the Moon uh, It'll be our full headlining set, yeah, where mm -hmm. we, we play lots of stuff. Um, how do we prepare? Well, we, we rehearse when we need to, but we don't often need to rehearse because we've, <laughs> we kind of know the songs by now. Um, we, we generally like to re rehearse a little bit before a, a whole tour just to kind of brush up on things, maybe little, make little changes. But as a rule, we, uh, we just uh, go out there and do it. And, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, we're, the next se several shows that we're going to be doing now are going to be our full headlining set, and that's something we're very accustomed to, and uh, it's going to be a fun show. Yeah, and so um, most recent album is I Want to Know What Love Is, the uh, the ballads. Can you tell me a little bit about how that came about? Well, yeah, we, uh, well, I, are you talking about the uh, Unplugged one, or? Uh, so on, on iTunes, the most recent one uh, shows is, uh, it's a co uh, collaboration, it's a compilation of um, kind of all of your ballads. Actually, but, the, there is something newer than that, which is the Classics Unplugged, which is a live acoustic record that we recorded uh, last summer um, in Detroit along with uh, the Ford Motor Company. Ethel Ford from the Ford Motor Company uh, helped us a lot with it because the record is for charity. It's for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation and uh, Ethel Ford has, a has some children that have juvenile diabetes and we have a tour manager that has a child with juvenile diabetes so it's a cause that's very close to our hearts. And uh, we recorded this live record uh, in Detroit because we were there for two and a half weeks playing with Kid Rock. You know, I mean, he's so big in Detroit. We did 10 big shows at the Pine Knob uh, Amphitheater there. And um, so uh, uh, it's a live acoustic record that just came out amazing. Came out in Very proud of it. Uh, it's, and again, it's for charity, which is a, a great cause. Uh, and it's so much fun when we get to do something like that, which is, you know, you, you, you do a bit of stretching when you do acoustic versions of, of songs, and we just have so much fun doing that, and it came out amazing. It's very inspired, and, uh, and like I say, it's for a good cause, so it's a win-win for everybody.
Yeah, yeah, the, your acoustic stuff is really incredible. I mean, it's a, a whole oh, different approach to uh, the songs that we know and, and love, and uh, and it's just uh, it, it's got this kind of power to it uh, through through its simplicity. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Well, that, that's that's the idea is to show how great a song it is. I mean, when you can strip a song down that far, it shows you how great it is, and uh, and then it get then we get to repaint the picture and you know add in different textures and layers and lots of harmony vocals and for us that's so much fun and it's very creatively satisfying and people seem to love it so we're excited yeah is, is there a song that you just every time you get to play it even though you yeah even if you get to play it a lot you i mean it just gives you this you know great feeling and uh and energy. Well, when, when we do the acoustic set the one that really pops out for me is cold as ice and it's not just because i get to do a bass solo on it but uh the audience just really seems to take to it. It's, it's, we, we do a kind of a swing version of it, and uh, it, it just, it's, it's real catchy, and it's got this great little saxophone part on it, and it's just so much fun. And uh, so I guess for our acoustic shows, that's probably my standout favorite track. Is, is there a time of year that you do like typically do an acoustic tour or do you bring acoustic songs out in your your live show and I haven't had the chance no, to see well, you guys we, we, we do we do one song regularly which is the song say you will um, but but we do we are going to be touring acoustic and acoustic tour at the end of this year there's no particular time of year for it it's just when it happens to kind of work out um, but we, yeah we're going to be playing Carnegie Hall in October which is really exciting with with an acoustic tour with the acoustic tour so um, yeah, not, it's not time of year centered. It's just when we happen to go out and, and do this. We started off the year this year with an acoustic tour, and it's just a great way to break things up and kind of show a different side of the band and keeps things fresh. And, um, you know, it, it, when you can give people different sides of something, I think it gives them a greater appreciation for it. And, and it, like I say, it keeps it fresh for us, too. Yeah, for for sure. And it looks like uh, I mean you have dates all, uh, lining lined out all the way through the end of the year. I, I hadn't seen that, so mm -hmm. I mean you'll be back around with um, with the tour acoustic. I mean that'll be really cool to see. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So Jeff, at, at this point, I mean having had such a an extensive career in music, is there anything you feel like you haven't done yet or haven't accomplished any I milestone? I've written the greatest song of all time. Oh, so I'm gonna keep working on that. Keep keep working on that. <laughs> yeah, I just it's, it's a it's a somewhat modest goal, I think. But you know, until I do that, I'm gonna keep going. Is it a solo or is it a collaboration? Like, do we bring others we in this? As long as it's the greatest song that's ever been written, I'll be happy. That's all that matters. That's the only stipulation, huh? Yeah. There you go. Awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you for for taking the time today. Definitely My appreciate pleasure, it. My pleasure, man. I'm, really look forward to it and hope to are you going to be coming out to the winery show i will be coming to the uh the mill valley show the, the marine fair oh yeah. oh great 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 yeah great so, well i look forward to seeing you there and I, uh i think that's the fourth of july if I'm it, not it is so. we'll, we'll see some fireworks together right. and uh, well, on the on the we'll fourth some fireworks great man well thank you so much i really appreciate that we'll talk soon all right that was the interview with jeff pilson from foreigner thank you jeff for taking the time, being on the program. It's a great conversation. Um, we're going to play another song by Foreigner, but before we do, Jens, before we do, I, I have a story for you. You uh, do? Yes. All right. So I go to a lot of concerts, right? You, 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 you do. You go yeah, to some? I've been, I've been to yeah. many of them, um, I must say, with you. Yes. So I know from personal experience that, yes, you are definitely a concert goer. Yes. And so uh, this at, at this show... 
you see people that are excited at concerts, Jens, and uh, and having a good time and just really getting into the, the music, singing along, that sort of thing. But uh, rare do you get someone like uh, the person I'm about to show you. And oh, are you going to yes. tell me the story yes. about the infamous lady? Yes. So this lady was uh, in the second, third row, something along those lines. Uh, we were a couple rows back, probably about the eighth row or so. And... Uh, and this la uh, this lady was FaceTiming the the Foreigner concert to like f for some friends or family who knows but she and and she'd do this thing where she turned around and was like getting herself in with the with the band and she was so excited. Oh my she, God! She, she was doing a video selfie. Yeah, exactly. I on, see the photo on FaceTime. Yeah, you just. I just got it. So she is facing, just to give everyone a visual, Visual. she's at the stage, not on the stage, but she's at the stage facing the audience, phone up in the air, doing a selfie video yes. of herself and everything on the stage. Yes. That's and, crazy. And pinch it in. Like, look at the pure joy in her face, Jens. Look at the pure joy in this lady's oh my God. face. Is she high? Holy I, shit. I don't think so. I think this is, uh, like, just like the pinnacle moment for her life. That It's all been building to this. I, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. If I were, if I had to write a paragraph about, you know, um, describe this woman's feeling at this event, it would be something along those lines, like absolute ecstasy. Like this is, she's having an orgasm. Like she's waited 50 years for this moment. And it's like, yeah, she's having a life gasm. Like this a is, life -gasm. this is, this is everything she's ever wanted and more. And there's no going back. She's living the foreigner dream. She's ecstatic. <laughs> yeah. She must have passed and, out after that. And, and this is going on. This wasn't just one second. Like I was like, this. Was, I mean, this went on for like she, she would. She'd go back and forth, and she'd like face forward. She didn't face the whole concert backwards, but she did this from time to time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this lady's energy is like amazing. Like she's so happy. Like fear. Like that's crazy. That is crazy. Have you ever, you know, out of the wealth of experience you've had at, uh, you know, concerts, um, and being usually pretty much up front center, if you're not in the back interviewing somebody, have you ever seen anyone else like this ever anywhere? She's the first, she's the first. And I've been to a, a lot of concerts. This is the 110th episode of concert pipeline. So that's obviously a fraction of, the concerts I've been to, right? So that's like, crazy. But yeah, this is. Did, did she get kicked out or anything? No, or was no. Security irritated? was cool. <laughs> Security was pretty cool. They, I mean, they had you get out of the aisles and stuff, and uh, and kind of stay stay in your row. But but they were cool about it. Um, and who is gonna tell her anything? Like, you know, who is gonna say anything to someone that with that much joy in their life right now? Like, exactly. You don't want to ruin that moment. No. So yeah. That would be like your parents walking in on you while you're, you know, having sex with your partner. <laughs> Segway that. Is that a joyous moment for you, Jens? I don't know what to do with that information right now. Like, is that the pinnacle of your life? Is that is that what you've, it's all been building toward? You could segue to, I want to know what love is. See, that's what uh -huh. love is right there. She's in love. Yes. I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know what, what just happened here, but, but it's it's recorded for prosperity. And if if anyone understands what just happened, tweet us at concert pipeline. Uh, yeah. And I don't even, I don't even know what I just said. Something about your parents walking in on you, getting it on, like yeah, it's like if somebody interrupted her right now, that's what it would be like. Oh, it would be like so the parents walking in on you while you're. Oh. having sex with your partner it's like that's how uh, absolutely uh, you know that's how much it would suck yes to have that moment you know ruined yes uh, okay i'm gonna move forward because i don't i just i don't know what to do with that but that's that's apparently for another pod uh <laughs> yeah yeah it'll yes. be on the episode after this yeah and really that <laughs> that was just cold as ice right there that's a good segue. Yes. Let's listen to Cold as Ice from Foreigner's Set at the Marine Fair. You're as cold as ice.
was cold as ice. Hey, Foreigner, at their set. They were in fair, really great show, really awesome for them to be on the program and we're honored to have them. It was really cool. I mean, there's these shows come around that you're just, I mean, lucky to be a part of and, uh, and you have some really unique experiences through and, uh, and Foreigner was one of those bands that honestly that, you know, I couldn't say I was uh, a fan of them beforehand, but I know all their songs and they've, they have such a legacy, uh, in the music world, obviously, and they've been around forever. And sure, I'm going to take an opportunity to, to see them, to talk to them, and uh, and get to be a part, have that experience. And so it was really cool. Yeah, totally. Uh, and it's one of those bands for for me that you know when I take a look at their their list of songs that they've written over the years, um, and, you know I've heard almost all of them on the radio. Yeah, but they weren't necessarily songs that um where i was really consciously aware that they were all from the same artist you know i mean yeah. maybe three or four it's like oh that's foreigner i love foreigner and the rest of them were super familiar heard them you know could sing with them and then you know years later it's like oh my god that's all the same band nowhere yeah foreigner rocks foreigner rocks they do they do um and we're gonna rock with one more song in foreigner at the end of the podcast um before we do there's a segment we have to do again so we you know we need to update our crowd on some music news what do you think music news yeah yes 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 why don't you start out i got one story that I'd like to, to share that um, that I'll do after you do your first one. Sounds great. Uh, so music news, a um, bunch of my stories borrowed from antimusic.com forward slash day in rock. Um, let's start with uh, this week in, uh, uh, on the Billboard charts because uh, a band that uh, is pretty cool uh, hit number one uh, on the charts this week, and that is... Blink-182, uh, they have their new album, California. Now, it's not Blink-182 in its original iteration. Uh, Tom is not in the band anymore, and instead, Matt Skiva from Alkaline Trio is uh, in Blink-182 and touring with them as well. Um, and this album blew up, and that's great. I'm uh, really happy for Blink-182. Um, it's a band I've liked over the years, but listening to this album, Jens, uh, I'm going. I'm going to. This is going to be an interactive story, kind of. Okay, um, because I'm going to play you uh, a, a piece of um, Blink 182 single from their uh, their album California, and then we're we're going to just bounce around a couple of points in Blink-182 ask career. Okay, so the the single for uh, the first single from Blink-22's album California is called Bored to Death. And so I'm going to play you the first couple seconds of that. You ready? I'm ready. Okay.
Okay. Let's we'll stop it there. Um, now, going back, going back a few years, uh, about a decade ago, uh, when after Blink-182 originally broke up, they've, they've always had life on the rocks. Um, after they broke up, uh, Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker from Blink-182, they formed another band um, called Plus 44, okay? Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Plus 44. Yeah. Yep. I'm and, with you. And, uh, and I'm going to play you uh, a clip from Plus 44's big single, When Your Heart Stops Beating, okay? All right. I'm ready. What do you make of that? Is is the question? Is that the same song twice? <laughs> it sounds very much like it, doesn't it? I think this is like it's, a version two of the same idea. Yeah, it's like okay, we didn't get out outside the box uh, very much, did we? Uh, w with that one, yeah, we, we didn't no, step very I, far. It, I felt like it could have been on the same album that the original one. Same was. album, same band, like I same mean, bass, right? Same I people. Mean, yep. Yeah. So. I mean, that's not what I like re resonates as Blink-182 for me. Like, Blink-182 songs like this, that's completely different. Um, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the stuff that we're used to on the radio. Okay, that, and that was actually, that was Tom doing the lead singing on that, but, um, well. That's what I want to hear from Blink-182. That's what I want to hear. That kind of and, diversity of and the music. I yeah, I mean, and like th that rock that, you know, going back to like those roots of that. Like this album, I I'm not saying anything about the bad about the album because the album's kind of catchy. I I don't dislike it. I, I'll listen to it a couple more times. Listen to the whole album, but uh, but it did not feel like Blink One Eighty Two. It felt like Plus Forty Four. Uh, I hear ya. I hear ya. Hmm. Dilemmas, dilemmas, dilemmas. Right. But they sold 186,000 units um, in the U.S. Uh, their, uh, in their first uh, week, I believe. Um, and it's the third largest week for a rock album this year. And Blink-182's best-selling sell seven-day period since 2003. So, wow. Um, he's saying, Mark Hoppus is saying, I think people take Blink more seriously now than they did before. People wrote us off as this joke band, but the people who listened to Blink knew that we were uh, silly and whatever, but we wrote songs about divorce and suicide and depression. So apparently people are taking them more seriously, but I just, I don't feel it's Blink-182 esque. That's my story. You're not, you're not feeling it. I hear you. There you go. You got a story. I do. 
I do, I do, I do. This is a um, so the first concert I've ever. I let's see, let me think. Uh, 1988 is when it was. The first concert I've ever been to was in Seattle, where I grew up, um, at the Sales Center. Uh, no, it was at the Kingdom, which no longer exists. The Kingdom was destroyed purposely because it was falling apart, and then they built the stadium that the Seattle Seahawks and Seattle Sounders play in now. Um, but in the Kingdom, um, that's where I had my first concert. It was Pink Floyd. Wow. Pink Floyd was my first concert. So this, the music news I have for you guys is about that band. So... Um, a little bit of history here. Um, there is a legendary amphitheater in Italy, just uh, east of Naples, down south there. Um, and it is in the shadow of Mount Vesuvius uh, in Pompeii. So this thing was built a long, long time ago, like 90 BC, and then Mount Vesuvius uh vomited and <laughs> essentially the entire amphitheater was a tomb um, and then uh, excavated I guess after World War II um, they had uncovered it and um, the first concert that was played um, was was uh, Pink Floyd that was in 1971 after the uncovering the first rock concert that was ever played there um, so think of a stadium that was built 2,000 years ago, okay. and then you have the honor of being the first rock band that gets to play there. That's pretty 2, cool. 2,000 year old stadium. That's pretty awesome, right? Yeah. So Pompeii. So they had this uh, amazing, amazing um, concert there in 1971. Steve, how old were you in 1971? Negative 12 years. <laughs> Negative 12. Were your parents even talking about having kids? Did your parents even know each other at that I time? I doubt they knew each other at that point. <laughs> they doubt they knew each other. I was one year old. So I was alive and kicking, but I was like probably some you know, screaming one-year-old brat. Uh -huh. So uh, anyway, um, so that was a legendary, a legendary concert. They recorded it live. I think there's a video or something to it. Um, and then, so 45 years later, which is now... Um, David Gilmore returns uh, to Pompeii to do another show. Bam! Same place. Same place. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So same same sort of Pink Floydish type of you know layout with a big round screen uh, with all the lights around the circumference of the screen, um, pyrotechnics, and you know the whole nine yards. Yeah, and uh, so it, this already happened, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's pre that's pretty cool. I mean, that's it sounds like it's, it came full circle for him. Uh, obviously, we're not getting Pink Floyd together anytime soon, so yeah, yeah. Who knows if we'll ever have the whole band uh, together again? I mean, there there are a couple times I think where they came back together for special events. Yeah, like Live Aid and and whatever. Yeah, I think the Wall might have been one of them. I don't remember if it was, but they were offered like a billion dollars to do it, and they turned it down. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yes. They put their differences aside for a special occasion. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Anyway, very cool. Yeah, very neat. Very neat. Before my time, um, that story is so. Um, uh, the next story is uh, Joe Perry. You know Joe Perry? Yes. yes. Joe Perry. Joe Perry, um, Aerosmith. Yep. 
guitarist. Yep. And is there a reason he looks like a vampire, Steve? There, there is, because he's in the band Hollywood Vampires. With, oh, with, that's a band. With, Tell me about that. With Johnny Depp and Alice Cooper. Are you serious? No it, way. Yes. And they're, they're currently touring. Uh, they might be taking a break. Uh, based upon this uh, story that um, has just come come out, so Joe, Joe Perry collapsed off stage and was rushed to a hospital during a Hollywood Vampire show at the Ford Amphitheater in Coney Island, New York, on Sunday. Um, and so he's 65 years old. Um, he he's performing with this super group. Gotta love the name, the, the super group, right? Right. Um, um, on their t- summer tour of North America when he stumbled off stage uh, and, according to sources, lost consciousness and apparently went into cardiac arrest um, with police uh, on the scene reviving him. Um, and someone That's po- insane. Yeah. And some, someone posted it on Instagram, of course, um, and uh, he said he had to sit on a drum uh, kit and then went behind a small wall and passed out. Um Apparently, uh, the FDNY and NYPD carried him off quickly as well. Um, and so he's listed in stable condition. And then uh, so that this happened at about 930 at night by 10 o'clock at night. They keep playing. The band keeps playing without him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's three members of the band Two keep playing. Uh, and, um, and, and apparently, uh, Alice Cooper told the crowd, if you notice one of our brothers is not on stage with us, who was very sick before the show. Thanks to everyone for, uh, asking about our brother, Joe Perry. Uh, he tweeted about after the show as well. He's stable right now with family and is under the best care. So, uh, yeah, so they were, they, I, I don't know how you could go half an hour in a set with one of the three key players just not there. Yeah, I mean, you would think that everyone plays a really vital instrument or something, right? <laughs> right. Wouldn't uh, a third of the songs would be missing? Maybe they just jam. They just jam, and you know, they they just can jam. Come and go as they please in the set. And I don't know. <laughs> I uh, guess they just improvise. Yeah. So wait a minute. He didn't. He passed out behind the stage. He, uh, yeah, I guess he passed out behind the stage because it didn't happen actually on stage, but he was stumbling off stage and like okay. trying to get off stage where people didn't see it happen. I imagine that would make sense. Yeah, because if yeah. I was in the audience and I saw, you know, Joe Perry, essentially what might look like he just died on stage, I probably yeah. wouldn't be listening to the music and <laughs> freaking out instead. You know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, that makes sense. It'd be kind of collapsed. Um behind stage where people couldn't see exactly um you have another story or i have one more if you don't No, that's it man okay i'm gonna wrap it with one more story uh and this is about gene simmons from kiss he's speaking out on blocking iphones at concerts uh did you hear about uh this story um so- you know i heard i think this might have been on kind of apple news not yes. really music news but um you know, uh, the idea was put out there to have iPhones automatically uh, not be able to record video or something uh, during concerts or live events. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're going to use infrared signals. They're, they're talking about it, uh, that uh, using infrared signals to prevent fans from taking pictures or videos at gigs. But um, And Gene Simmons says he backs that idea, but only if venues make it clear that the t- technology will be in use. Um, and so what he says is, um, do you, th- uh, he was asked, do you think that, um, they should have the technology to shut off your stuff? And he said, well, maybe with your, okay, you know, at least beforehand they say, okay, you're about to enter a no cell phone area. That's fine. As long as you know, going in, 
Um, he says today's gig audiences are very different to those of the past that uh, don't understand why anyone would want to spend a show looking at their phone. Um, right. Obviously, when they first started out, that was before cell phone techns or technology and even voicemail. Um, and there's no cable, no nothing. So at concerts, they took away your cameras. They didn't allow you to do that. Uh, and um, and he feels like I think some emotion is taken away from it with all the cell phones there. So technology has right. made everything less emotional. When you get back home and look at your cell phone and the video there and you go, oh, I don't remember the, uh, that from looking at the concert. Well, of course you don't because you're too busy texting or looking at your cell phone. That's what he says. I hear that. I mean, um, I don't know if I agree with that as a resolution. I don't really know what the, I think, I don't really know what a, a really good resolution would be yeah. for that at this point. I just haven't given enough thought, but I, I've definitely had that experience and I know we're not really talking about Brian Adams, but um, that was the last concert I was at just a few nights ago and I had the same kind of experience. So many people, um, especially near the front, uh, you know, where all the excitement is looking at their phones while taking video. Yeah. And um, one of the great things about the Brian Adams show is that he had three huge televisions or screens behind him. Um, and uh, and at different points in the show, um, they had linked those screens to, you know, some somebody with a camera up front. And they were just kind of, you know, trying to get everybody to be excited and hop up and down and say hello to the camera. Um, you know, in the first row, in the first uh, two or three rows, um, right in front of the stage. And almost everybody was doing the same thing. They were looking at their phones, yeah. you know, through the screen. And you know, every, every now and then somebody would notice that, you know, they're on, they're on video yeah. and they would kind of wave, but then they'd go right back to their phones. You know, it's like, what is wrong with you people? You put the tech down and just be in the moment and enjoy what you're experiencing? Yeah, oh, it, God. I definitely see both sides of it. And obviously I, I record... I, re I record, you know, I'm, I'm just as guilty, but uh, I do it as well for the podcast, so we can. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's the same thing. Like, no one else knows that. <laughs> and <laughs> and I use the same, you know, I'm using an iPhone, so I'm not any better or worse than anybody else doing that. So, uh, right. uh, so yeah, I, I definitely get it. And, um, you know, there's a thing to being in the moment. It's nice to, you know, what am, what am I going to do with the video afterwards, I guess? You know, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing, you know, um, especially since you and I have been going to more concerts together recently. Um, it is, I mean, it's really fun to, to capture, um, to capture the moment. Yeah. Um, and then to, you know, text a friend or, you know, watch it when you get home or maybe the next day if you don't remember what happened the night before. But um, honestly, I mean, I have got a lot of this footage from events like this in on my computer. And yeah. I have maybe two or three times ever gone back to ever look at it again. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not somebody who keeps it for long longevity. Yeah, no, no, no. I totally get that. So I, I don't know. What's the, what's the answer, right? It's a. Uh... They should have designated people that take the video for you, and then you get it for free. There you go. There's the answer, right? Don't there I'm recording go. and sending <laughs> sending you a link, and uh... it, can, it can be a new job description. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not a bad idea, you, though. Yeah. yeah, that's my answer. Yes. Just a couple of people from different angles, so it looks like you were all over the place. You know, oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At all concerts. So. Uh, yeah, they should hire me to do that. I'd do that. Yeah, that's video, a, that'd be a fun gig. Yeah. Well, that's our show for today. Uh, it was a fun one. It was a pretty good show. We had a lot of content. We did. We did. And good thank stuff. And of course, you can never go wrong with Foreigner. You can't. So thank you to Foreigner for being on the program. 
Um, if you want to see the picture of that lady uh, for, that we talked about earlier in the podcast, you can uh, check it out uh, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash concert pipeline pod. We'll tweet it out as well. And uh, on our Twitter at concert pipeline. And uh, yeah, uh, we're going to play us out with one more song from Foreigner, and it, that is Jukebox Hero for uh, con- everyone here at Concert Pipeline. That is Jens Schippel. And that is Steve Jones. Next time on the podcast, we will have Paul Nelson. More to come with him. It's a great conversation. Check it out next time. See you.